Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. I'm always tempted to say good morning because it's morning here, but wherever you are, I wish you a good day or evening. And it's going to be a great show today, really great show. But anyway, if you would like to call in, I always come prepared because I never know if I'm going to have a caller, but if you'd like to call in, please give me a call at 646-668-8565. And if you don't want to call in or you're unable to call in because it's your work day or you're just playing busy today, you can always write me, send me an email at Janet at JanetRichmond.com. Now, JanetRichmond.com is my website. So there's tons of stuff on there for you guys. Just tons of free stuff. All my radio shows are archived. I have just a lot of things on the website that can help you. You don't need to you know, you don't need to hire me for a private session. You don't need to call into the radio. I've got a lot of stuff right on that website in the privacy of your own home. You can listen to podcasts. You can read information that I have under one tab. I think it says free downloads. I talk about the amalgamation and how to do it so that if you want to get started or you already know sort of how to do it, but you need kind of a um, a little cheat sheet or whatever, it's all right on the website. It's there for everybody because everyone can do the neutralizing, which is a big part of what I talk about, at least now. The higher self information is very expanded, and as each book comes out, you're going to see that there's a lot more than just about self-help, but to me, the self-help is so important, and it's also Everybody's right and privileged to have globally, and I really want to get out the higher self simple techniques, the neutralizing, the empowering, the simple techniques to change our lives so that, you know, anybody who has the motivation and the desire can do so. And it's it's really, anyway, it's my calling, you know, that's what I'm here for, guys. So now on the show, as you... Now, if you have heard me before, I do live healings. This year, um, 2014, I started out with doing healings right on the show. But in the two years before that I did the show, I was it was 2011 and 2012. They were all archived, but I did a lot of topics. I talked about higher self-information, then did general healings. This show is sometimes a general healing, but I don't talk about the topics as much. But there's still plenty of information if you want to go and discover or learn about other things that the higher self talk about. And the shows are indexed. I actually have a a new 
assistant that is going to go in and title each of these shows. You don't have to read the description of each one. You can at least look quickly at the title. I don't think that's been complete yet because we have a lot of stuff going on, which is so fun. But in any case, lots going on on my website. I also have a Facebook page. I think it's called Neutralizing the Negative. And I encourage anyone to tune into the Facebook page. I'm only just starting to use it on a regular basis. So you can um, we'll take a look at it now but and stay tuned because it's going to be unfolding more and more. Anyway, I want to get back to today because I have a really good healing to do. I, ooh, I see I've got a caller. Okay, well, let me um, – I'm going to – I know it's Robin – the honorary co-host, she calls in a lot, and it's just great. She's really become so much a part of the show just because she calls in. Robin, I'm putting on your mic. <laughs> Hi, Janet. Hi, and I welcome you. Can you hear me okay? I can. I can. You're I, kind uh, of, I mainly... well, you're kind oh, of quiet. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know why. Okay, hold on. Is that oh, better? That's better. That's, that's better. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm just kind of getting myself organized here. I mainly, I mainly have a question, a clarification that for for you today. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, you know, I'm a little confused about um, when we uh, when we do the healings and we get into our eternal now moment and we expand our um, our pure soul essence light, you know, especially when it comes up with a group, but even individually, you know, and, and we expand it within our bodies, within our etheric bodies and beyond. And many times you say, I see all of our lights joining in one accord. And so the light can expand outward. On the other hand, we t- you talk about um, when we neutralize the negative, we we uh, we we neutralize it and reabsorb it back into our energy field because we don't want any disparate negative energies flying off there in the universe that would attach to other negative energies. And so we neutralize them and reabsorb them back into our light. And my question is, when we expand our pure soul essence light to reach out beyond our own etheric bodies and into the universe, how do we, how do we visualize? I mean, can we visualize? I, I'm confused. I'm, I'm afraid of, on the one hand, interacting with other negative energies if we unite in one accord how do we protect ourselves from negative energies that we might be encountering and like this when we extend our our pure soul essence light out beyond our physical and etheric confines do we need a shield of protection that goes out? Do we actually merge with other people's pure soul essence lights 
do we put ourselves open to any kind of negative influences that could come in when we open ourselves up so wide? So okay. Well, the gist that's, that's, of what I'm... Yeah, I understand uh, exactly, I, and actually it's a really good question because if you're confused by it, there could be others. Basically, when you expand that light, it's your pure soul essence light. That's your divine light. So when we join in one accord, it's a divine light joining with another divine light. There are no negative energies in that divine light. The divine light has absorbed some neutralized negative energies that we've, you know, we place into that light. But it's moved into that frequency of the divine light. It's no longer negative. So absorbing... Uh-huh. So when we join in one accord, we're joining at the pure soul essence level, ah, not, I see. not negative to negative, you know, not our etheric bodies that carry our negative thoughts or our, our emotional blueprints and all of that. We are uniting divine light to divine light, and we, we're literally ah. pulling the, the conglomerate connection with all of us up into and giving permission that we operate out of that divine level, which is can't hurt, can't harm, can't be manipulated, controlled, can't trespass, can't do anything in any way, shape, or form negative. So it actually is a protection for all of us so that when we Uh spread our light out, we are not pulling in negatives we are providing the light out for, um, for those in the astral, for example, the astral workers that are using that light to neutralize the astral planes. Or we are providing the light for souls. Like I say, souls come in and partake of the light because it's the divine light. It's everything. I see. Yeah. I so see. so it, it, already provides, it, it already contains its own protection so to speak because it's vibrating at the highest level exactly exactly it's, uh. it's, it's it's absolutely it actually protects us and and you know the the higher selves recommend using amalgamation anytime you're in a situation where you would be nervous about or fearful about anything you if you amalgamate you are creating this this divine light protection around you. It doesn't mean you don't have to be discerning. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, you amalgamate and then you walk through a, a really bad neighborhood or something where, you know, there's gang activity going on or something. Or, you know, it doesn't mean you don't be discerning. But it is a, a form of protection against those negative energies that we otherwise might magnetically draw in at that time. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 Okay, great. That clarifies it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. That's fine. Do you yeah. have anything else or do you want to listen to my <laughs> my show and, and or or what would you like? Well, um probably I the what what's probably just listen to your show. What what's been on my mind is um just I'm having a lot of physical, muscular pain, low energy, low vitality, and I kind of feel like, you know, now that I'm starting to get my my head and my thought forms and my emotions and and kind of more clear, I just sense that there's just this residue of all the 
just all the residue that's sort of settling in the body, in the physical body, you know, kind of like the um, the grunge at the bottom of the, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, really I know what you're saying. I, I you know, and uh, so I'm, I, I seem to need to focus, and I think that's what I'm going to do in the next week or so is just on the physical body, really getting into the physical body if it needs sleep, if it needs to stretch, if it needs to move, um, looking at what I eat, looking at what I uh, what supplements I take. It's just, it's all in my physical body. I feel better today, but yesterday I had a miserable day, just achy and so low energy and um, sluggish circulation. And anyway, so that's kind of what I'm dealing with. Uh, well, but you know, I, that's, a, that's yeah. a really, you know, Robin, you always bring up such great things. Um, that's another really wonderful viewpoint, you know, Our physical bodies are as important as the soul. The higher selves have been really, really clear about that. And so often we tend to neglect the body. And the, the, but it's important to pay as much attention to the body as it is to pay attention to every other part of our life, to, to do it in a, in a place of balance. So when our physical body is acting up, so to speak, you know, like you're achy and you've got low energy. It's in a way saying, pay attention to me. There's stuff going on. And by focusing the way you said, you know, on what you eat, on getting the good rest, that's really important. But I also recommend neutralizing all the, you don't know what's behind, let's say you have achy hips or let's say you have, you know, your back is hurting or just the low energy, whatever the symptom is, I, I would encourage you to neutralize in your, you know, your thought forms, your habit imprints and the emotional blueprints, anything and everything known and unknown that are either directly or indirectly related to the physical body. So I would work on paying attention to all those things you said, but in addition, do the energy work, neutralize all that stuff, some ideas may come up to you. You know, you may be working on, oh, your your physical tiredness, and then suddenly you, you know, you get this idea that you're, you know, inside you've got some conflict going on, and it's eating up your energy. I mean, I'm making it up, but I'm giving you an example. But then the right. other half, the other half of it, Robin, and mm-hmm. other listeners too, is to also work on the empowerment. Call, after you're done with the neutralizing, call in if you've got. You know, your joints are giving you a problem. Call in divine joints and just have that joint energy flow in. If you have problems mm. with your back, you know, I think I, you probably heard me talk about the spine thing. That's just been amazing for me. Um, mm-hmm. when the, yeah, the, you know, the higher self told me to, to start calling in divine spine and three or four different things unfolded over the next couple of years, one of which was documented by the doctors. I... I'm very slender, so I have a tendency to have, you know, bone loss issues. And the last time I had my uh, bone density test, my spine had improved, and I'm not on any medicines. That was the last part of the spine thing. It's just been amazing. So I notice 
I mean, I whenever I have a physical thing, I'm always calling in, after I do the neutralizing, I'm always calling in the divine whatever. So if you, example, if you notice that your circulation is sluggish, call in divine circulation. You know, uh-huh. and yeah, just, and you know, if you're, if you're low energy, you first want to neutralize whatever the cause of that is, because that, the cause could be multiple. We're not always going to come up with the exact, there's usually more than one thing is what I'm saying. So right, right. work all the well, angles that's, is what I'm saying. Okay, I will. I will. That's perfect. That's beautiful. That'll really help me. In the next uh, in the next week, I, I want to make that the focus, and I want to do that. I, I in fact, I, I did a jacuzzi this morning, and I I, I kind of did some of the neutralizing, but I, of you know, just all in any uh, known and unknown health related issues to the body and the aches and pains. But I did not do the empowerment part. So I'm thank you. For, I mean, just thank you for reminding me of the whole picture and how important it is to work either large and generally on stuff or very specific on specific aches and pains, but to bring in, um, to bring in the empowerment part also. That's, that's great. That's what I'll do. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, and I'm, I'm glad you gave me the opportunity anyway to talk about the empowerment. It is equally important as the neutralizing. I tend to focus more on the neutralizing simply because most people are aware that negative isn't a good thing, <laughs> but they may not know how to deal with the negative, especially the stuff that's already happened. I mean, we can maybe decide I'm never going to be negative again, but we've already had all those negative experiences, negative thoughts, negative emotions, so I focus on it because the higher self has given us these really easy and effective techniques to to get rid of the negative or transform mm-hmm. it, I should say. Mm-hmm. But I, but mm-hmm. the empowering mm-hmm. is so important. It is just really, it is equally important. So I'm glad I had an opportunity to remind you about that and right. remind all the listeners. And empowering by using the divine energies is much more effective, actually, than saying the words, I am healthy, for example, because right. you're creating the thought energy, but you could say, I am healthy a thousand times every day for the next 10 years, and you still won't build that thought form on health as big as you've already got an illness thought form, because we've had so many illnesses over so many lives. It's just accumulated, accumulated, accumulated. And so, because on the, the scale of, you look at the sort of the scale of justice, if one side is the negative and the other side is the positive, the negative is like bricks, okay? We've had so much. It's like bricks weighing the whole thing down. And, and the positive side is so high, it's like they're just feathers on there. But you bring in the divine energy to use as the empowerment, and the divine energy is they're beyond powerful compared to just our thought energy. So we, by using those divine energies, you're really, really helping yourself. And I want to just mention one more thing. The neutralizing mm-hmm. and the empowerment can also lead you to finding the right supplement, the right doctor, if it requires a doctor, the right alternative thing, the right, uh, exercise, maybe you decide you want to do some exercise. 
it can lead you by clearing away, by neutralizing the, you know, the layers of physical issues and empowering what you're empowering. It opens up and invites in um, solutions or resolutions or ways to deal with it that are at the highest level that you can reach at that point. So you can find things that you may never, you know, a week ago or a month ago, you never would have even considered. Suddenly it's in front of you and you go, oh, wow, that might work. And sure enough. So Uh anyway, I'm blabbering Uh on. Does that make sense? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah, that's all, that's just all great information and that, uh, that will really help me, uh, in, in, in the next few days, just getting, you know, working on my health because that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Well, give me yeah. some, you know, feel free to, to either call in next week or send me an email with a little feedback so that, you know, because I think the listeners kind of get invested in the people who they've gotten to know over the radio. So I invite you to either call in again with some feedback or even if it's negative because it's important that we be honest and that we don't just approach it well. I can only report if there's, if it's all wonderful and I'm perfect in a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not, that's not the way this process works. You know, it works kind of like in waves, ups and downs, but it's always going in the right direction. You're not taking one step forward and two steps back. You may take two steps forward and then it might feel like you're going one step back, but then you're going two steps forward again and you're always going in that that direction the the backward stuff is only our perception of it it's not it we never go backwards guys <laughs> yeah so no I, I that's a really great i was just uh thinking about that kind of that metaphor the other day you know i used to say when i was not making good forward progress i used to say two steps forward and one step back and I really meant it because at that point in my life, I was still doing things to sabotage my forward momentum. And now I kind of look at it as, you know, two steps forward and a little plateau. And then two steps forward and a little plateau. So, but not... I like that. Not, That's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good so, That's um, great. That's really what it is. The step back is only our perception. It's not real. It is just kind of a pause. We go through an acclimation process. We're sort of internally or energetically or at the soul level gearing up for the next step. And then we then we go forward again. Right. Right. And it's just those plateaus that sometimes you just have to... Uh, you just have to really breathe and just sort of get through it. And, you know, mm-hmm. you may not... I may not feel really super good or really inspired but I know that if I I know that I'm still connected to um, you know my my pure soul essence and it's working me and I just uh, I just have to take take it easy and get through it and you know the next day I'll probably be a lot better (laughs) (laughs) well you're just terrific Robin thank you so much and um, I was just going to put you back on mute. Is there anything else, though, before I do it? Not right now. Thanks a lot, Janet. Appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. All right, I'm putting you on mute. Okay. Uh, And thanks again for calling in. I really appreciate it, and I hope you uh, get a lot out of the show. I think it's a really good show today, guys. 
Now, first, before I get into the show, I want to um, give you guys some feedback because I did the healing on depression last week, and it was kind of an honor of Robin Williams, and, you know, it was heartfelt and very intense, and uh, one of the listeners wrote me, and she said that she really loved the show, and she could relate to what I was talking about um, regarding the lost souls. When you get to that point of depression, it's basically you feel like you're a soul lost, like you're unredeemable, so to speak, and she could relate to it, and she felt it was a big sort of foundational issue for her, and she asked the higher selves, and they said that yes, that she because it's not something you think in your mind. It's a soul level belief. You you wouldn't be necessarily conscious of it in her mind, but she asked the higher self to, to say, you know, is this something I'm thinking at the soul level? And they said yes, and that it was tied to her weight issues, her financial issues, and her relationship issues. So that was that was important. She she came to she felt it, she resonated with it, she verified it with her higher self, and now she's working on it. And she said it felt to her like a tree with many branches. So that the lost soul thing was the base of the tree, and then it affected so many different areas in her life. And she reminded me of the healing I'd done for her on despair. And she said that, because um, I didn't remember, but she reminded me that it was a healing where there was a lot of self-condemnation. And she had been a leader in many lives, or some lives, I'm not, I don't remember exactly, but she came out of those lives feeling like she was a poor leader, she was ineffective, that in fact that she'd done more harm than good. And so she then moved on to many other lives trying to atone for all what she believed were her failures and mistakes. So, of course, it was only her interpretation uh, in those lives. It wasn't the fact that she had done more harm than good or that she hadn't been effective. But um, she believed that, so she went into this atonement um, focus. And now she said that she's been doing a lot of neutralizing around it and she's really beginning to feel the weight of self-condemnation and despair lessening, really becoming lighter and she's becoming more and more hopeful and she's going to continue to work on it. And I just wanted to say again that the soul can believe it's lost, that it's unredeemable, that it it will never, ever be able to make up for all the quote-unquote horrible things it has done. But in fact, no soul is lost. And I want to be really clear on that. And this is part of my next book. And there's a lot on this, um, a lot about the soul in the next book. I mean, it's called Soul Psychology, (laughs) Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe. It's in the process now, guys, of being officially, professionally edited, which will take about three months. And so I'm hoping by February or March of next year to have it out in some way. The the, the editing is really important. I want the book to come across as best I can, so it needs to be edited. In any case, um, that was the feedback from the listener, and I'm very excited that she's working on it and finding some relief there. She also liked the explanation about self-forgiveness, and 
she said that she'd had a very, very, she's had a very difficult time. There was an early childhood event that she fully blames herself. It was a pretty devastating event, and it was easy to forgive others, she said, but very difficult to forgive the self, which is right, well, I'm going to talk about a situation here in a minute, but it's right on point. The reason I bring that up about the difficulty to forgive the self is I'm going to tell a, uh, an actual, give an actual example in a minute with someone. But anyway, today's healing, guys, is on divorce. Okay. Now, I had a, uh, a listener write in and ask that I work on the pain that many kids have taken on when the parents split up when they're young. And, of course, we know that it's a time where there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of misunderstanding. I know all of you know what I mean. If you haven't experienced anything directly yourself, you know plenty of people who have been in that situation. Um, or maybe we've been a child, uh, a child of divorce or whatever. Or maybe we've been divorced and we have children and we know the difficulties that they've had. So, yes, it can be very painful, very hurtful, very upsetting, very blaming, very, very difficult. Now, early this morning when I went out on my walk, which is where I do much of my work, I asked the higher selves about how to approach it. And they suggested, which they only suggest, they never tell me what to do, that I work this issue of divorce from more than one angle. In other words, they encourage me not to just work on the pain of the children that the children experience from divorce, but also to work on the parents as well, because both sides, parents and children, need healing. Both sides are hurting. Both sides are coping. Even if the coping style of the parents is not a good one, um, both sides need our empathy and our understanding. So I wasn't really surprised by this because the higher self never takes sides. They never blame. And they always encourage the bringing in of understanding and healing to all souls. And they have that bigger picture viewpoint. And they know that a very painful situation of any kind in a dysfunctional family involves misunderstandings, misinterpretations, misconceptions. And it is not a reflection on the purity and perfection of each and every soul. That purity and perfection the soul carries simply by being. So the same goes for difficulties in a divorce situation, whether it's difficulties for the children or difficulties for the parents. Now, also, even if we aren't parents now or we haven't been children ourselves of a divorce situation, for sure we have been both children and parents in other lives. So, in fact, we have experienced both sides, guys, all of us listeners, all of us on the planet, because we've been around for how many eons of time. So we've experienced both sides of the coin. Of course, we wouldn't remember the other lives, but I'm sure you remember, because I say it all the time, we're still carrying all the belief systems, the traumas, the emotional impacts of many different kinds of experiences from other lives, not just from this life. 
So when we do the healing session today on divorce, I want to, I'm going to be addressing all of the issues. Now, I want to talk about an actual situation that I'm aware of. This is a true story. I have a friend named Don, and he he's someone who has a very, very difficult time expressing his feelings about something. He is very, very locked up. If you're his friend, there's no problem because you don't need to have an emotion expressed to you. But if you are a loved one, you might have a hard time when he's unable to say, I love you, I care for you, you mean the world to me. He has a very difficult time with that. He's at one very extreme end of the expression pendulum, so to speak. Now, let me tell you what happened to him. I, I got to know him maybe four or five years after his divorce. And here's what happened. His wife got cancer and she was terminal. She struggled and fought to did everything she could. But his his inability to express his caring and his concern for her, whereas before she was ill, she was okay with it. They had a strong marriage. They had two children. She was okay with it. Once she got sick, she needed the support, the love, the verbal reassurances that he was not able to give. And what happened was she started moving out to find support elsewhere. She became upset and angry and frustrated, and she went to her primary family that lived in another state and out, out of out of the country, actually, she verbalized not only her fears about being ill, but her frustrations with her husband. She moved into a spiritual um, situation, too, here in California, a spiritual group, and did the same thing. And what happened was she began to, you know, she had tunnel vision for herself. She was so, you know, she, she was scared and she was not finding the relief or the support she needed at home. So she reached out and all of her frustrations poured out to both the primary family, her parents and her, her siblings, and the, the spiritual group. And the spiritual group started to encourage her to get a divorce. Her primary family it began to build a rift. Now, remember, they have two children. So these are the grandparents and aunts and uncles of their children. And one of the last acts that she did was she divorced her husband literally a week or a month before she died. I mean, it was devastating. So she, from her own fear and her own concern, tunnel vision was spreading a lot of this very, you know, um, difficult, um, creating these very difficult situations for the children and for the husband or the ex, but became ex-husband. When she died, the primary family sued 
The husband became convinced that he was, an, in, you know, in, completely inadequate. Parent tried to take away the kids. I mean, it was it was really devastating. And the now I know him five years later. The lawsuit is pretty much going away, but it has been very very difficult. And the um, you know because they get divorced you know, all the things that happen normally between married people when one dies, that was no longer on the table and there was all these legal issues and tax issues and ah, just really, uh, uh, you know, upsetting. Well, you know, Don became a friend of mine and so, of course, you know me, I jump right in and start working on him. And I was working on both him and the kids because they had, both were traumatized. Now, he knows he was unable to be there for his wife. He absolutely knows it. He was completely tied up with his own fears, fear of losing the wife, the fear of losing the mother of his children, the fear of what, how is he going to handle it without her. He was torn up inside, but unable to show it, unable to, to express it in any way. And so I, of course, jumped in, began healing him as best I could, and then guess what happened, guys? The ex-wife who died, she comes to me. I'm out walking one day, and she comes to me, and she is in tears. She's devastated because she had laid aside the body, came to realize this devastating legacy that she had left, the legacy of huge rifts, tearing apart the family, the divorce, because once she laid aside the body and after some some time over there, it wasn't immediate, she began to understand the situation from a bigger viewpoint. And almost immediately, she was able to forgive her husband. Almost immediately, she was able to say, oh my gosh, look what happened. She saw that he was literally just being who he always was. There was no change in him. He's never been able to express and yet they'd had a strong marriage. She was a very strong, independent person and was very happy. You know, it was a happy family. When she laid it, when she got ill, though, all of that went out the window for her, and she was experiencing life in a way she felt vulnerable and afraid in ways she had never felt before. She laid aside the body. She came to understand that it was that she had had this tunnel vision. And she immediately or very soon forgave the husband, forgave Don. But what she hadn't ever been able to do was to forgive herself. And she came to me to ask me to work on her as well, which I did. And also to give the message to her husband that, you know, she hoped that he would forgive her. And I did tell her that, you know, he doesn't seem to be bearing any bitterness or hostility toward her. And he hadn't because in his mind, you see, he felt he deserved all this, everything she did because he felt so inadequate and so blamed himself that anything she did, he felt he deserved. So he never had a problem with blaming her. He was just blaming himself. So when she asked him to forgive her through me, you know, I knew already just from knowing him that um, 
he didn't carry any blame of her and there wasn't anything to forgive. And I told her that, but of course I did go to him and say, you know, here's the deal. And so, but I did work on her as well. And that brings me back to what I was saying about, you know, the listener that called in and said it was easier to forgive someone else than forgiving the self. And that's really, really true. But I'm also using this example because here's a situation with divorce. It, there's so many stories. I mean, we could be here all day talking about different situations with the divorce, and, and some of them are really tough, really painful. You know, lots of despair and agony, lots of misunderstandings and misconceptions. It, it is rife and common through there. So this is but one story. But here's a good example why we work on both the children and the parents. Because did the children suffer? I don't know as much about Don's children as I know about he and his wife because that was his priority. I know that he did a great job being the single dad because the kids were, I think, in the early teens when um, the mom passed away. So he, he absolutely found his way and, and got a sense of self-confidence about it. And from what I understand about the children, they, they, they have been actually probably, all three of them are probably better off in a certain way than the mom because she carries this tremendous shame, just tremendous, because here's her legacy. Her legacy is devastating, and she was a wonderful woman. And so she felt so awful, but again, she'd had that tunnel vision. She hadn't felt that kind of vulnerability, that kind of fear before, and she absolutely handled it and coped with it in the way she could, and it was after the fact, she felt horrible about it. So, my point is, guys, we are, I started out with working on the children of divorce, the higher selves have move me to, hey, let's both work on the children of divorce, the misunderstandings and all of that stuff that comes up that we all know about. I don't have to repeat that. But also to work on the parents, the exes. And because we work in the internal now moment, the, the idea of divorce here is on this planet in this historical times usually has to do with either some sort of spiritual divorce or like through a church or something like that or a legal, you know, secular type divorce. But you have to know that there are other cultures, even on this planet, other planets where it's not so much about divorce. It's really about just disconnection, disillusion, um, disillusionment, or uh, we're just going to work on all types uh, break up, so to speak. We're not going to put any limits around it. We want to open the door to, because we don't know where, what other types of lives that we've been in. And we don't know, uh, what the, the concept of quote unquote divorce was in those times. So I'm just opening it up to be really inclusive. Now, so the healing is going to be in two sections or maybe three. I'm going to let the higher self kind of lead it. So we'll see how it unfolds. 
But I invite, invite everyone to join into this healing because we're working, as I said, with a forever now. We're pulling those patterns from the past, present, and future nows. And we, who knows where we've experienced it. And the issues behind them are issues that we would have maybe from some other reason. For example, shame. Shame, we, we may not have had a situation where we blamed ourselves in a breakup situation, but we might have shame from, like with the listener that had shame because she thought she'd been an ineffective and, and actually a harmful leader. So shame, if we're working on shame and the divorce issue, and you don't feel you have it, we all are going to have some shame from somewhere. So it's really important, really helpful, really effective for us all to do the, the healing. Okay, so now I'm going to get started and I'm just encourage everyone to get comfortable, um, myself included, <laughs> and take a few deep breaths. And I again encourage people to shut their eyes simply because the work that we do requires the focus of attention. It's a kind of conscious healing meditation. And the term meditation often signifies a situation where we purposely go or try to go into an altered state. It is not the same with this higher self conscious healing meditation. It is using the conscious focused thought to activate the divine energies, give them permission and invite them to these divine energies that we already carry, invite them to start working and helping and healing us and bring us into a state of balance and uh, unfoldment and expansion and health and everything else. So we want to close the eyes. Now, maybe you're someone who closing the eyes doesn't work for, and that's okay. In general, we tend to be visually stimulated, and we can draw our focus away from what we're doing simply because we're we're glancing at the clock or we're glancing at the pet or we're glancing at the traffic driving by. So we often, I encourage closing the eyes if it doesn't work for you. And I know I can do it on my walks. I have to have my eyes open on my walks. So there will be some of the listeners that can certainly do it with the eyes open. Um, but in general, when we're first starting, the eyes closed helps us keep the focus. And so we're now sitting in a comfortable spot. We are taking a deep breath, relaxing. And as I often do, I just begin with bringing that mind's eye, that focus of attention onto the physical body. I spoke with Robin about the importance of the physical body. And the higher selves have indicated that this focus of attention, this technique is another way to remind us that the physical body is very important. However, I do use this technique to bring us into the now moment. And what's interesting to me is that I can tell um, that there are listeners here who are very well versed because I just started to focus on that bringing the mind's eye in, and I saw the now moments begin to pop up around my symbolic circle. By focusing on the body, the position, the hands and feet and arms and legs are in, how it touches and contacts the seat you're on, the chair, the, the bed, the floor, all of that focus, bringing it right in, noticing the body. You can 
you can be aware of what's going on around you, any stray noises. But as you listen to my voice and focus on the physical body, what we are doing is that we're bringing our, all of ourselves into this now moment. The now moment is simply an energy field. And I see it symbolically as a oval or as an orb, as oval or ovular, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, form all around 360 degrees around us. And because it's energy, guess what? We can manipulate it with our focus. It is not hard and fast. It is not fleeting. I see the energy, the now moment around each and every listener and and each and every future listener, because again, I'm working from that higher self viewpoint, and that's the symbol they give me, is a, a symbolic circle with all the listeners around symbolically, like we're on the, the rim of a, a wheel, so to speak. And now what we're going to do is we're going to use that focus of attention, and we're going to expand that energetic field. Just imagine it, think it, sense it. Use words. I expand my now moment to become the eternal now moment. And it became the eternal now moment. And now I'm seeing all of us encased in an energetic field, which is quite large. I mean, it is very large. I would say, I don't know exactly, but I would say bigger than the planet because there are global listeners. I don't know that I have very many listeners, but I do feel that there are and I know of a few that are outside the states, and so I'm guessing that there's probably some, because I have no way ever of knowing that some are listening that are um, not, you know, that are, I mean, all around the globe. So we're including everyone. And for sure, in the future now, there will be others around the globe. And so this works encompassing the past, present, and future nows. And it's very very beautiful, very effective, very powerful. And now that we're standing in this forever now moment, let's activate that pure soul essence light, reminding you all again that it's our divine light. It is every single soul carries it. It is like liken it to the DNA that we carry in every cell, every single soul. And that DNA comes from our parents. So we are an expression of the DNA that we receive from the parents. And in, every, in the same way, every soul is an expression of the symbolic DNA or the pure soul essence that we all have from the originating source. And so the, this be- beautiful and powerful part of us, this is who we truly are, this divine light we're now activating with the focus of attention. And I see it being activated around the, around the circle. And the, we are now going to expand that light. It is beautiful. It is our purest, most perfect, and most potent point of power. It is everything that the originating source was, is, and is becoming. And it is now expanding in the light as it fills the eternal now moment from each of us, our lights are all joining in one accord, our divine lights. We are not giving anything negative to one another or pulling anything negative in. This divine light can't hurt or harm. It cannot manipulate or control. It cannot be used in any way, any negative way. And it is a 
a protection for us in that way. So if we do carry, which we all do, carry some negative energies that are magnetic in nature within our etheric bodies, while we're amalgamated, we are no longer using that magnetic energy to draw in negatives from people around us or from the astral. We are protected. It is a force field of protection, and it will keep us, for the moment that we are amalgamated, it is a protection for us. It is not going to hurt or harm, and it will never trespass. So we have given permission for this divine light to be active in our lives, and we are also now going to call in and become one with the conglomerate higher self energy, that means the higher selves from each and every one of us from the present and future now are going to be, oh my goodness. Okay, the higher selves just indicated to me that they are also present and so is the light from all the prior listeners. I've never really cottoned on to that before. It to- makes total sense. But it's as if because we're bringing in the past now that all the past listeners, even if they listened to to the show once six months ago, they are part now of this forever now energy field. Their divine light has been activated and their higher selves are also part and parcel with the conglomerate energy that we're all amalgamated with. It's as if the whole energy field, as powerful as it was, just clicked up another few levels. And I know this sounds sort of, you know, like fantasy, but it it really isn't. This energy, you have to keep in mind, is just so intense and so powerful. The, The frequencies that we're working with are so high that it's just like that. And, um, I, If any of you can see it or sense it, experience it in any way, you know, feel free to send me an email so I can share with my listeners because right now most of them are taking my word for it. And, um, you know, I experienced this kind of thing with Joan Culpepper, so it's familiar to me and I'm not um, discounting it or doubting it in any way. I'm totally... Uh, respect the information and am aware of the the power that we generate when we come together as a group. But if there's anybody else out there, so it's not just my voice saying it, please let me know. And um, I'll give my email at the end. In any case, we're now amalgamated with the totality of the conglomerate higher selves. And we are also going to consciously become one with, invite in, even though we're always connected, we're going to invite in that eternal, infinite resource of the originating source itself. By doing so, it is again our guarantee that we're always working at the highest level. Because as we neutralize, as we heal, we are shifting our energy fields into higher and higher frequencies. So, If we're at X frequency today, after this work, tomorrow we'll be at a higher frequency. So we don't want to be, we always want to be moving up in the frequency levels that we call in so that we are always moving in that higher and higher frequency direction. 
always getting the, the highest level of help, the highest level of information, the highest level of viewpoint and expansion that we can. And so just today, the higher self indicated that all the past listeners too, and those who've been brought in for healings are also part of this uh, past now situation that, I mean, it's just the expansion as we go, the understanding of it just keeps growing and it's, it's almost geometric. It's not like adding just one person or one set of higher selves. It's just explosive. It's, it's this geometric progression. Um, so it's, it's very exciting and it's, it is, it's very real. Anyway, so right now, I want to focus and I, the higher self didn't indicate to me when I was out on the walk how they wanted to unfold it. I think they're, um, they're giving me more and more practice these days with doing things kind of in the moment. And so right away what I'm getting is a symbol. And this symbol is literally a symbol of all the children. I see it like a child. Um, it's, uh, it's not obvious what sex it is. It's sort of, uh, unisexual or something. It's just, it's just a symbol. And I'm seeing it and it's dark and it's standing in the center of the circle. And it represents any and every child from all the listeners from all of our lives, and also all children around the globe and wherever else. I, I don't even know all of, the, all of the, the things that are included in this child. But this is the symbol for me to use because my brain is, is a pea brain compared to the higher self, and I'm unable to work within the trillions and cabillions of of souls that we could be actually working on in this session. So, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be any less effective. So I'm just going to begin by having this symbolic child. This is all of us, all of our experiences as being part of families that were broken apart in some way, whether it's in this life or any other life. This is the child experience. And right away, I'm, I'm feeling to call in divine, uh, divine release and divine, um, the divine flush energy, the divine love and the divine understanding and the divine uh, forgiveness. And I'm asking that it begin to work from the inside of this symbol because this symbol has now started to let in the light and have the, the dark energy that's symbolic of all the misunderstandings, the misconceptions, the hurts, the wounds. I'm seeing it start to slough off, start to melt, almost like butter, just melting, or uh, you have an ice sculpture or something, and the outer layers of the ice start melting away because of the warmth in the, in the room, wherever the ice sculpture is. And so I'm seeing now that this, that, that there's this release is beginning to happen. The, it's m melting some of the encrustment, some of the beliefs, Okay, and immediately, you know, a lot of the beliefs that you would be familiar with were, you know, we're pretty well educated with this kind of thing between TV and books and our own experience and whatever else. 
there's all sorts of misunderstandings and misconceptions. There's self-blame, like there's something that, that, the, that the child, the children believe they did wrong, that they're to blame, they're at fault. If only they could have been better or said the right thing, or if they could only have done this, that, or the other, that they would have been able to prevent the breakup, the disillusionment, the disconnection of the family. There's this taking on of responsibility. They don't know any better. And this is, there's a lot of different ages and it would represented by this symbol. And so depending on how young or how old the child was, the misunderstandings, the misconceptions could be uh, very varied and very different. A very young child would would have a, a, a much more limited viewpoint. Uh, perhaps an older child would be very perhaps complex kind of belief system around this. But we carry all of it. So we, we want to we're not going to get into all the nitty-gritty. We don't need to. We're dealing with a very generic or very general pattern here. So I'm seeing all of that self-blame, all the misunderstandings, the misinterpretations are huge. You know, overhearing little things and immediately personalizing it, not having the full context of the discussion when the parents um, you come, you, you know, you walk up, the parents are arguing or something, and the child are, is, comes in the middle and doesn't know really what the setup was for the conversation, but immediately misinterprets it. Then the parents see the child and stop talking, validates the child's belief system that it's his fault. So that's another misunderstanding. So we all know these kind of things go on, and so there's all these misinterpretations. That's a very big part of it. And part of it, too, is the children not believing. Because they blame themselves, there's sort of a corollary here to that whole pattern that it's their fault, that they just, if they could have been just more lovable, more special, more uh, something, that the... That, that it would over it would have overcome whatever other issues, and so there's this this sort of belief because in especially with the the disconnection between the parents, one moves away or whatever the 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 feeling of um, that parent doesn't love me or both parents don't love me. I'm not lovable enough. I'm not special enough. I'm not. Um, I don't deserve. And all of that, that's another thing. And I'm seeing just a tremendous amount of symbolic tears, symbolic crying and sobbing and grief and sorrow. It's just pouring, pouring out from the child. And the, okay, here's another part of it. The divorced parents can take on another spouse or another mate of some sort. And there's all sorts of issues then that, that happen with the new mate. The, the new mate is, uh, you know, we all know about the step-parents and how difficult it is. And this is very real. It's very problematic. And it can be, 
there's a lot of anger, a lot of anger here. I want everybody to release the anger. Everybody release anger because there's anger and frustration because the anger, often the base of it is about the parents separating and anger at the self because there's a lot of self-blame that goes on with a child. And so a lot of that anger then is taken out on or displaced upon the step-parent. And the step-parent, often there's some very understanding step-parents. Often they're clueless. Often they just don't, you know, they try, but they don't get it. Often they have their own issues. They can't possibly, they, they can't even deal. Their, their love is the, 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 the new, you know, their, the, the wife or the husband, and the child is considered baggaged for them. I mean, there are so many permutations and commutations of this situation. So, but right now, let's just work on the child thing. I want everyone to release the anger, the frustration, the blame, the blame of the new, toward the new person, the blame toward the parents, the, you know, I know you all know what I'm saying because I'm seeing tremendous releases going on. The, the, the big thing, though, is too, along with the blame, is the blame of the self because that's really big and then the, the lack of forgiveness. Now, what happens is the child has, a, the children often, and, and of course we're not talking about always, we're talking about possibilities and things that actually do happen. It almost never is something always. But what happens with the blame and the anger is that bitterness comes into play. Bitterness and um Hatred, even. Um, hatred of the self, hatred of the parents, hatred of the parents' new people, just despair, just difficulty coping. There's just so much. And there's also this idea of being a victim, that, that somehow that the child or children often feel like a victim and that they have miserable lives because of what happened. Maybe the divorce led to one or the other parents having a spouse that was not good. Maybe the divorce um, left one of the parents penniless. Maybe the divorce meant that one, the kid couldn't see both parents. Who knows? But there is this feeling of being a victim, the feeling of, being powerless, helpless, there's nothing you can do. And I want the children, the symbolic child of all of us to release this feeling of being a victim, feeling hopeless and helpless, like there's nothing you can do. You can't force your parents to do what you want them to do. And so you're, you're powerless. You're hopeless. There's just this sense of just despair and feeling like a victim. Now, the victim thing means that everybody else is a victimizer. And so when we get to the parents, I think that you'll come to understand that the parents even are not victimizer. Like in the story I told about Don, he was just who he was, 
he was unable to expand and be any more when his wife got sick. And she felt like a victim. She felt unsupported. She felt, and he was the victimizer. And that was the word she spread, the blame, and that he's this terrible person. And yet he was just crippled himself. He was just crippled and wounded himself. He was as devastated by her illness as she could have ever thought, but he couldn't show it. So we want to really release the victim pattern because it immediately places the other into a victimizer pattern like they're the bad guys. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't some situations out there where the parents or the exes have have been abusive either to each other or toward the children, whatever. And I'm not trying to excuse the the abuse or say that we have to stand and take abuse as children. It's not about that. It's about bringing the viewpoint up to see the bigger picture, to understand that the abuser is also hurting in his or her own way. So that's where we're going, is we're going to expand the viewpoint so that we can hopefully bring in forgiveness because that's what we want for this symbolic child is we want it eventually not only to forgive the parents, forgive the divorce, forgive the step-parents, to forgive all of that, but to forgive the self. So we want to release all the feelings of being a victim, all the belief systems that it's a victim, he, he or she is a victim, all the beliefs that the parents in some way are victimizers and that interpretation would be unique and individual on their own viewpoint but i'm just talking in general here because we're dealing with this huge category i want to have everybody release this whole paradigm this whole belief system around the victim and the victimizer every time there's blame the person who blames becomes the victim and the person who is blamed is the victimizer in that person's mind. Now, haven't we been all blamed for something that we didn't feel like we did anything? We didn't feel comfortable with the victimizer role because it didn't fit us. It's not where we were. Being The, the blame is just so... It's so, it so undermines um, where we want to go makes it so difficult. So I really want everyone to release the blame, the blame of the self and the blame of others, the whole victim and victimizer, the whole polarity thing, where, in fact, it really is more like the story I told about Don and his wife. The wife had tunnel vision because of her reasons. The husband, Don, had his hurt and wound and his limitations and the two did not mix during the illness pattern and it created real problems um, both of which have moved on now but it was very very painful for a situation for that family so we want to release all the blame and I want now to call in for this child divine forgiveness divine forgiveness and I want 
you to visualize either for yourself or if you're using my same symbol for this sort of conglomerate child figure here. Um, it's really reduced a lot. We've really reduced a lot of it. I still see it as sort of dark, but it's, it's as if many layers have come off. It's, it's thinner or smaller, not as full, I should say, or not as expanded in nature. So it really feels good to me. But right now I want to really work on that empowering. And I'm going to open up a symbolic hatch at the top of its head. It's really already open. There's a, a um, chakra there. I'm going to activate the rainbow bridge energy, which immediately activates all the chakras and brings them into the very highest frequency and efficiency level that they can because the chakras are energy exchange points. And right now, I need the the crown chakra to be very active, to be very open, and I'm seeing it symbolically widen. It's getting bigger and bigger, and um, I want to call in right now divine forgiveness. And I want this divine forgiveness to flow in through and around this symbol. Each of you listeners can have it flow in through and around the totality of your own beingness. And I want this forgiveness energy to move into all the symbolic spaces that were left empty by what was released and neutralized. I want all of that divine forgiveness to move in through and around. I'm calling in divine acceptance. Divine acceptance of the self and divine love and divine love is just absolutely permeating oh my gosh i could really feel it when it came in it carries divine love of the self divine love of others and it is as i've said often the highest healing energy that we can utilize and it's not only healing what we've done today but i see it moving into the expansion of this forever now moment, this, this beautiful energy of forgiveness and divine love is moving into the past, present, and future now and working to heal the totality of the beingness of each and every soul that is part of this healing, who has been part of this conglomerate symbol that I've used. And I'm watching the symbol become light, become lighted so to speak i'm watching it um i'm calling in divine hope as well um and divine uh clarity of vision and expanded perception divine clarity of vision and expanded perception and divine understanding and what i'm seeing is this symbol is growing in in light it's now light it's no longer dark it's growing in size and it's as if the size is symbolic of the expanded viewpoint it's taken on it's taking on an expanded viewpoint because it's let go symbolically it's let go of a lot of the shame a lot of the blame a lot of the the tears and the despair a lot of the victim pattern all of that is starting to let go of, and as a result, it's no longer weighted down and stuck in the old viewpoints it had. It's no longer stuck there, and what's happened is it's symbolically moving up so it can, you know, be that helicopter looking at the traffic from the higher viewpoint. It's looking and understanding the situation of its 
being a child in the divorce or in the disconnection of the parents in some way is beginning to understand from the higher a higher viewpoint so um, so now we're 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 I'm asking the higher self to please process for each soul that the this had to do with which is all of us in fact and all of those children in quotes are now um, being helped by the higher self to continue the acclimation of what was released and to continue the healing I'm placing all of that children uh, being a child in the healing circle but now I'm the, ch- the symbol is changing and I have a new symbol we're still it's symbolically all the listeners around the the rim of a, a wheel like a wagon wheel but now in the center we have a new platform or the same platform but a new symbol on the platform and what I'm seeing are the parents now interestingly enough the parents aren't just one man and one woman the symbol of both both sides are um, neutral neither because there would be some parents that are two women that are parents or two men that are parents and a man and a woman who is parents so it's more than just biological parents it is parents in the greater sense so I have two individuals it's the same kind of um, situation where they're standing side by side and um, the there's a lot of darkness around them we are amalgamated we're all still amalgamated we're all still part of the eternal now moment and the higher selves are very much active in this healing they are going to be helping and they're going to start um, it we're going to start with both parents and they're standing far enough apart that you can feel the disconnection you can sense it with the two of them but they're um, about the same size so there is no difference there and then both of them symbolically are going to start to do that whole melting and releasing process into the light now remember this is a symbol so if the symbol includes every individual that's part of the symbol would be releasing into their own light so there's no mixing here that you know all of that we're, we're joined in one one accord but at the divine level but there's no mixing of these energies so whatever let's say I am part of the symbol which I'm sure I am I'm sure all of us are because we've all been parents in probably the bulk of our lifetimes um, whatever I release will be going actually into my light I'm seeing a symbol of the conglomerate but understand very clearly that we're all releasing into our own light the light would neutralize our stuff and absorb it so okay so now we're having I'm seeing the um, the releases actually have already started and the first thing that comes up to for me is is self-blame there's a whole a lot of self-blame and there's also a lot of um, blame of the other it's it's I would say it's close to being equal but I think with each individual situation there would be one more than another there's issues of betrayal here I would like betrayal to begin to um, believe that the other person betrayed 
and blame that the other person betrayed and also belief that um, some of them are actually false, you know, blame because the other person may not have betrayed, but also uh, blame of the self because they, the self, the person who's blaming is blaming the self because they feel like they were, they betrayed their vows or their spouse or whatever. So there's a lot of betrayal and every aspect of betrayal and it's just melting off. Another one coming up right away is abandonment. Abandonment of each other, abandonment of the children, and blame is all part of this too. There's blame and abandonment go hand in hand here, and it's just pouring off these parents. The um, There's also uh, a lot of uh, dysfunction. Um, a lot of the, the hurts and wounds that the parents carry that are operational through the, the quote-unquote marriage or the connection process and also through the disconnection process. And this is so huge, it's almost impossible for me to, to be too clear or too specific on it because it's the souls themselves come to the marriage with their own issues, their own patterns, their own hurts, their own wounds, their own belief systems. And all of those are interacting with the other. Some fit like a glove, some work really well together, some are, you know, create great conflict, some create uh, great disconnection or, or avoidance. And so there's all of these patterns. So I want to just... Um, I'm about to cry because it's just so big, it's so huge that I'm feeling the pain, I'm feeling the sorrow, I'm feeling the suffering of each individual that are part of this conglomerate and it's very intense and I'm asking for all the pain, the pain that that the parents experienced in their own childhood, the pain from their parents the hurt that they took on, the belief systems they had that they pass on, the behaviors they experienced that they then pass on. It's just, it's just this chain link effect, this, this passing on of what they took on as children, what they took on in their sojourn, not just in this life. And so what I'm seeing is it's just phenomenally huge. It's as if the it's like chain link almost. It's not chain link, but it's it's this woven symbolic weaving that comes in from the past and is creates the present life, the present situation, and then creates actual ripple effects into the future situation and it's this you know this family dynamic that we all are aware of that that we that get passed on parents to children parents to children and we become aware of it to the point now where a lot of us really work not to pass on the same dysfunction um so we're aware of this concept but there doesn't mean we still don't carry all of that within the etheric bodies or that others don't carry it. So I'm seeing this like weaving thing. It's, 
I don't. I wish I could explain it better, but these pictures are sort of weird sometimes, and it's really hard to explain. But I think you know what I mean, and I see it, and it's coming out from both parties, both both of these symbols. It's as if it's coming out from the heart center, and the weaving goes into the past now, the and the future now. And so what we're doing is we're pulling out the weaving. And the weaving is all those old belief systems, self-identities, the traumas, the dramas, the pain, the suffering, the hurt, the wounds, the misunderstandings galore, the misinterpretations galore, all of this stuff. And it's, we're just, it's just being pulled into the light. There's an endless amount of it. Because we've all been children and we've all been parents. And so we're, we're carrying this dual level of um, issues that go hand in hand. We experience something as children. We grow up. We bring the same experiences. Of course, there's always a little bit of variation. But for, in the most part, we can pass on exactly what we experience to our own children even if we don't mean to. And so I'm, I'm, I see this, and it's just pouring out from these two people this, this complete, oh, my gosh, just this, this weaving of stuff that's now coming out. And it's, it's just very, um, it's very, it's just so much. It's so intense, and I'm, I'm seeing it go into the, the large light, and it's almost leaving these two symbolic uh, figures that I'm seeing almost in a state of stun because they had no idea. They had no idea of the depth of the permutations, the combinations. They had no idea of the, um, the complexity all that went into it, and they had no idea of the the confusion that was carried, that was projected forward, that became part without even thinking it, stuff that's so automatic pilot in a lot of ways that they as parents never thought of, didn't conceive of, didn't think about, never questioned. It was all of this kind of stuff of course, there's stuff that parents are aware of. Sometimes they believe that their actions are important, that that's the way you handle children. They have heavy belief systems that they need to do whatever they're doing, the severe punishments or the um, you know, withholding of love or whatever they believe that they think is right. The parents are doing it. A lot of times we, you know, as parents, we do what we think is right. We may discover down the line that, boy, that might have had a negative impact. Um, a lot of times the intentions are good. Whatever it is, even if it's the most gentle of things, the, the intentions are good, and then we find out down the line. So, again, there is a lot of shame here as well. There's a lot of um, blame, uh, blame of the self. The parents are blaming themselves. Then there's the whole thing about the dissolution, about the divorce or the, the, the disruption of the bond. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff here about 
the times when the children were involved in it and used as part of the conflict, that's coming up where the children, whether it was on purpose or almost sort of indirectly or even subliminally, there's a lot of that kind of pattern coming out now where the the child no matter what the age, because every situation is different, the child was used, um, even with the, even though the intention was not to harm the child in any way, if there's even subtle or not so subtle or sometimes very extreme ways that, that, that spouses, when they part, when they become exes or they separate or they dissolve the bond in whatever way, they can involve the children. It's it almost becomes an exercise, an impossible exercise not to involve the children in some way. But whether the intentions are completely good and as much is done to prevent it, or whether it's the opposite pole, um, the, there is a lot of this issue where the parents are involving the children. And what happens is this dynamic is very... Um, it leaves a big wake. There's a lot of ripple effects here, a lot of misunderstandings and misconceptions, and it places the children in feeling um, of being responsible, feelings of being uh, in charge even, feelings of um, having more power than they feel comfortable with, and feeling inadequate because of that. And so I want to address all of those feelings. And then, of course, the parents, uh, one parent could involve the children more than the other, so there's a lot of conflict there between the, the exes. Um, there's, a, there's just uh, there's just so much here, it's almost like I can't talk fast enough. And I know the healing has been going on for a long time, and I'm sorry for that. But um, I'm not sorry, because actually it's very, very powerful. And right now, I I, the releasing is just going on big time, and I could just keep continuing, but I feel like I'm being indicated that this, there's really enough here, and we need to bring in the divine uh, energies to begin. And, and what I want to do is I want to bring in, I don't, balance and harmony is just a really big energy that needs to be brought in here. Divine serenity, divine understanding, and again, clarity of vision and expanded perception very important here to bring in the divine the expansion divine expansion of vision here the expansion of understanding the um and again to help with release with the the the, the blaming and the the judging and the criticisms um the i want to bring in divine love of course proper self-love, proper self-acceptance, proper self-worth, and divine, again, balance and harmony. I really feel this is important, and I now want all those energies and any other energy that named and unnamed that is needed and necessary for these, for all of us that have been parents or are parents or will be parents, that we... I mean, in this life I'm talking about, but we have, of course, always 
I mean, have many lives as parents. I want those energies to move in through and around the physical and the etheric bodies, moving into the symbolic places left empty by all that was released. I want the divine, um, I want to say divine gratitude. Um, It's gratitude for the self and for each other. Divine um, acceptance of the self and acceptance of each other. The divine forgiveness of the self and divine forgiveness of each other. Divine love for the self and divine love for the each other. It is a, in this way, there's a, um, there's a balance or a more of a harmonious kind of thing involving both the, both the symbols I have now seen the symbols turn toward one another, and they're reaching symbolically, of course, because this is a symbol uh, of a conglomerate symbol, symbolically reaching their hands forward and taking the hands of the other party. And again, if there was any kind of abuse in this kind of, uh, as a reason for the dissolving of the relationship, it is not about... um, making it okay for the abuse that to happen. That any soul that was an abuser or a victimizer has to go through the process of learning and growing and becoming aware and forgiving the self and moving uh, and expanding, you know, bringing in the understanding and all that. This isn't about making abuse okay. And so in this symbol, when the two of them are holding the hands, it is the acknowledgement that both souls, both that all souls are pure and perfect. That the process that the that the spouses went through and the dissolution of the bond was a process that um, were it was both co it was co-created with both parties, and that the encouragement to um, the viewpoint that it was an opportunity to heal, to grow, to release, to bring in balance, to bring in harmony, and to move to the higher uh, perspective that it isn't about victim and victimizer. It isn't about blame. It's about healing and moving out and releasing and neutralizing our belief systems that have held us so prisoner, held us, as feeling bitter, held us as feeling angry, held us as feeling blame, held us as feeling worthless or whatever it is. We, we appreciate the situation. It's afforded us the time and the effort, the opportunity and the awareness to bring in the healing. And it's a very exciting um, visual the higher self have provided. And now they are also bringing a, this, all of the souls involved here as parents into the healing circle and they are dealing with all of us in in, um, to help us acclimate and process the healing and this is just a step forward it's very general but there has been an amazing amount of healing going on and I want to thank all the listeners past present and future for all that they are uh, bringing to it and because the the light is very powerful. Um, 
there is a lot of pain here, a lot of emotional pain. We didn't get to that. I don't know why I didn't speak that out, but I want the higher self to help with the release of the, the emotional pain too, because that that is very present in the this whole situation. Okay, so that the process is still ongoing. The higher self will be manning it 24/7 and proceeding with each individual that's part of the symbol. And I want to, you know, sort of draw this healing to a close and um, thank everyone. I don't know if I have whew, any other questions, but no, I seem to be on any more questions. There are no more. There's no callers, and I'm. Like I always do, I feel a little bit kind of in la-la land here because it was the energy was really intense, and I'm very excited about it. I thank all the listeners for taking part, and knowing that we've set up this healing, and every time there's a new listener, remember this part? <laughs> the healing happens again. So it's a continual process. This radio thing is becoming a great, you know, ongoing healing for many, many souls. It's just amazing. I had no idea when I started it. It's just unfolding this way. And it's it's wonderful. Um, so, again, if anyone has any feedback, I would love it because I'm now trying to make part of my radio show whatever the feedback is. And, again, it doesn't have to be, you know, all roses and flowers it can be well this happened over here and i really didn't get it and it really upset me or it can be positive or both it can be whatever it can be just a question like like um robin had earlier in the show i would just encourage you all to send me an email at janet at janetrichmond.com and uh let me know um you know give me some give me some feedback that i can share with the listeners because does, does the healing talk to you at some point? Were you Are you a child of a divorce? Or did it help you understand your parents a little better? Or um, your situation? Whatever. If you can send me some feedback, it would be great for the listeners. Or just what you experience with the amalgamation, what the symbol is you get, because different people will get different symbols. I just communicate what I'm getting. But in fact... It really helps the listeners, guys, when other people share. So I encourage I encourage you to get back to me and bring me some feedback, some updates, whatever. And just know that I really care about each and every one of you. I really care about um, about this process, about the show, what what it allows me to do. And I thank everybody for being a part of it. Now, I wish you a wonderful week, and again, if you have an issue you want me to work on, I can do that. Um, Call in or send me that email with an issue. uh, Otherwise, I always come with something prepared because that's just, you know, I don't want to sit here and go, um, um, you know, (laughs) waiting for someone to call. I don't want to put pressure on anyone, but I also really encourage everyone to to reach out like Robin does or or Suzanne is another one who who reaches out Lana no not Lana um Alexandra is another one so they take advantage of it and I encourage you guys to do the same and so I think I'm going to 
end the show for now, and but I will see you next week. In the meantime, have a wonderful week. Our summer is, at least summer here, is winding down. I know in Australia they're starting to have spring, and you know being on the other side of the globe. But I wish everybody a wonderful week, a wonderful end of the month of August, moving into September, and I will be here next week. Again, don't forget my website, guys, JanetRichmond.com, and don't forget to reach out. All right. I love you all. Bye-bye.